Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where we share stories and tips to help you run a better farming business and create your very own freedom farm. If you're looking to work smarter and not harder in your farm business, welcome, you're in the right place. G'day everyone, Hutch here. This will be our last podcast for 2023. And I just want to say well done on arriving to the end of another Australian farming season. I hope it's been good for you. Um, I know for many it's been um, unique, to say the least. And so for those of you that have had real challenge over the last 12 months, um, thinking of you, but well done in the way in which you've navigated the year. Just remember that farming is a marathon and not a sprint. And um, it's what we achieve over 10 and 20 and 30 years that counts. And so it's important as much as we can to keep perspective in these tougher seasons, if that's what it's been for you, um, and acknowledge that it is just one season in the lineup of many. Hey, um, in this podcast, I'm delighted to interview Sam and Carla Armitage, who share an amazing story of moving from being completely stuck in their farm and um, missing out on so much, perhaps, to completely transforming their farm and making it an incredibly professional, profitable, and now scalable business that will stand the test of time and set up for future generations. It's an amazing story. Thank you, Sam and Carla, for sharing in this interview. But importantly, thank you so much for the role you play supporting others in the FOA community. You're both incredible. Now, as I was completing this interview, I had two lightning strikes and power failures and also a trip to emergency for my daughter who fell off the back of our side-by-side. So I want to ask that you have some patience. There might be a few breaks to the interview, but I think it is so compelling that it's still absolutely worth sharing. And I um, I hope that you get some real value from it as much as I enjoyed speaking with Sam and Carla. And just in finishing, I want to, on behalf of the Farm Owner Academy team, thank you so much for supporting Profitable Farmer and tracking with us over the last 12 months. Um, to our FOA community, thank you for all that you achieve in your businesses and in supporting others in our community. To the Farm Owner Academy team of coaches and support crew, thank you for the incredible work you do helping farming families achieve incredible results across Australia and beyond. Um, The FOA office will now be closed from Friday the 22nd of December until Monday the 8th of January. We'll be having a well-earned break and we're going to take a break in Profitable Farmer. So our next podcast release will be early February. And so um, we'll look forward to reconnecting and firing up with you again. Um, really appreciate your support to this podcast and um, look forward to seeing you in 2024 for reloading for another incredible year. Thank you, everyone. Take care and um, let's enjoy some time with Sam and Carla Armitage. Bye for now and happy Christmas. G'day, everyone. Welcome again to Profitable Farmer. To round out 2023, another Farm Owner Academy success story to complement my last interview with Hayley and Martin Grosser. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Sam and Carla Armitage to you all. Sam and Carla are just such valued members of our community. I think it's fair to say that Carla is the first to reach out and be there to support other members of our community. And likewise, Sam is the last person to leave the bar at the end of most of our conferences and events. Both of those um, contributions are equally valued, Sam, especially. <laughs> I'm only joking. But it's great, um, <laughs> great having you both part of our community. Congratulations on all you've achieved over the last four years. And I'm just really excited to have time with you to share your story. How are you both? Carla, how are you? Well, thank you, Hutch. Great to be here. Thanks for having yeah. us. And Sam, you've just rounded out with your team another massive harvest. How are you, mate? And, and how was the season? No, going very well. Thank you, Hutch. Um, season was a uh, very good season here this year compared to last year with the flooding. So it was a, probably a, a pretty easy, smooth sailing harvest. 
So Sam and Carla run Bilianco Proprietary Limited, which is about 40 kilometres northeast of Daniloquin in the Riverina. Um, they have 2,400 hectares currently of dry land and irrigated cereals and oil seeds. Um, a significant enterprise with a pretty cool story um, and a significant trucking and contracting project to complement what you've achieved, guys, over the last four or five years since we've known you has been incredible. Um, Carla, just to kick us off, what's the Armitage history with the farm that you're now on? Uh, so it was started um, three generations prior, prior to Sam. So his grandfather um, bought this property. Uh, it was originally part of Hartwood Station, um, which is towards the east, and it was bought as one property and his grandfather farmed it and then to accommodate two sons, twin boys, um, the property was actually eventually split into two. So the original property, Barley High, is next door and we've got Bill Yanko, um, which Sam's father named Bill Yanko because the property is actually between the Billabong and the Yanko Creeks. So it's quite a fitting name, really. So then Sam came home probably around 997 after leaving school. Yeah, I think it was 96 or 97 and, yeah, worked with mum and dad and it was probably fairly different business then. We were predominantly stocked with a little bit of cropping. Um, we were growing rice back then and wheat and barley and and canola as well. But, yeah, we're probably, yeah, no, sorry, we weren't mainly stocked. We would have been 50-50, yeah. And how do you describe the farm that you came home to, Sam? What was it like? Just give us a bit more of a picture of of the operation at that time. Um, it was a so well probably about half irrigation. Then the business was half drying, half irrigation. So irrigated pastures, uh, irrigated cropping, and obviously the rice was in growing in water. But we. Um, yeah, no, it was pretty up-to-date sort of farming. Dad was always looking at changing new things and irrigation styles. and Yeah, so, no, it was pretty good there. Um, and then we, um, yeah, decided to uh, spread our wings a bit and headed north to another irrigation zone, which Dad had always wanted to do, so that we moved up to Collie Inland and bought two little farms up there, and um, which was all irrigation then. So it sort of gives us a bit more of a spread on irrigation. Yeah. But Sam, before we come back to that, because I think the way in which your family successfully developed countries really interesting. Just before we go there, Carla, what's your connection to the area and your connection to farming? Yeah, so I grew up on a farm um, between Finley and Geraldry and another similar sort of farm, mixed irrigation um, and sheep. Um, so I was there till I was about 12. Dad uh, and mum had three girls, so dad decided he cut his losses at the time coming out of the high interest rates of the 80s um, and get out of farming altogether. So he became a publican and bought a pub in Geraldry. So we all moved in there and, um, yeah, I spent a lot of my early teenage years behind the bar serving multitude of drunken jackaroos. So, yeah, that's how, that's how I grew up and then spent some time um, yeah, boarding school in Melbourne, studied agribusiness, spent a bit of time in Long at Longreach, and then ended up in Melbourne not long after I met Sam. And yeah, that's mm. yeah. Then came back, moved to the farm, probably after about a couple of years of dating long distance. So, what was your career outlook then, Carla? After uni, what were your aspirations and? What career did you forge for yourself outside of farming? Yeah, well, I studied agribusiness um, at Longrenon College and, to be honest, I didn't love it. Um, it probably wasn't the right place for me at the time. Um, I liked the business side of things but not necessarily the agri side. Um, yeah, so I didn't have, at that, at that age, like I was only 20, 21, so I didn't have huge career aspirations. Um, I was just sort of living life and going wherever I wanted to go. So. I ended up in Longreach. Um, I actually ended up working for a solicitor up there um, and I absolutely loved doing that work. I ended up doing all the conveyancing and property development and things like that, so that was amazing. Um, 
And then when I went to Melbourne, I ended up working for the world's largest law firm at the time doing um, property conveyancing there. Um, so I was a paralegal when I got down there um, and I absolutely loved that work. So I liked the structure of it. I liked I knew what was going to happen every day. I liked that you tick the boxes. Um, there, there wasn't much risk going on. It was just, yeah, um, yeah. so that's what I loved about it. And then when I met Sam and we moved um, to Colliambly, um, I got a job with the irrigation company there and I was PA to the CEO and company secretary. So I was doing more sort of legal work, I guess you could say, share transfers, a lot of water trading, that sort of thing. So, yeah, and I really love that work, which has yeah, set me up for running a business of my own, I guess. Hmm. How do you reflect on those skills that you gleaned in those roles, Carla, and how they've sort of set you up now? Oh, it's just like absolutely set me up. I just I now can run an office. Um, like I saw how an office was run both in big corporate and then in a cooperative run by farmers. So and also, you know, working with mum and dad, I've got that customer service side as well. Like the customer's always right and make the customer happy. So those sort of skills all gelled in together um, really helped me run our business now. Like I've, I've had to work with people through that. Um, you know, traditionally in a family farm, you're just working with your mum and dad or your brother or your sister, whereas I've had to work with other people. So that's really helpful when we're trying to run our team. Um, yeah, so I yeah, just think those skills over time, especially like the administrative skills and the legal skills, have been, yeah, amazing. And how was that transition from um, a corporate and a professional life into the madness of being part of a family business and living at Polyambly? How do you reflect on that transition? Well, I didn't actually work in the family business, like in Sam's family business as such until um, oh, I think six six or seven years ago. Yeah, actually probably a little bit longer, eight years ago um, when Sam's mum was ready to hand over a little bit. Um, so that's when I sort of started to do it myself with her assistance and it was amazing. Like she had set, set it up really well. So um, it was easy to take over. Um, but, yeah, it just in the last sort of four or five years, like, Running a business of this size, there's just so much work to it now. Um, you know, it's not like it was 10, 15 years ago where you just paid the bills and ended it into Phoenix or, you know, your accounting program and that was all you did. Like there's so much more to business now. We're running a team, we're running trucks, um, you know, we're turning over a lot of money. So it's just, yeah, it's just I think without that background in business and administration, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it as well as I have. Which I'd love to pick up and to get a sense of the business now. Sam, coming back to you, that expansion up to Collie Ambly, and um, I understand that you and your father and your family were very successful in developing farms that you took on. Would you mind speaking to that and that transition from livestock into irrigated cropping? Yeah, so when we moved to Collie Ambly, it was a traditional rice growing farm. Very good rice growing area, so that's what dragged us up there. Dad had always had ambitions of moving up there. It was great water entitlements. So we moved up there and that was in 02, so sort of started the drought. But we still had water up there and we still could farm, but it made us become more efficient. So we knocked, we probably knocked a lot of the farm down and relazed it all to make it more water efficient. And then within about another four years, we knocked the whole farm down and put spray irrigation up on the farm to make it more efficient again, so a lateral move irrigator. Um, Yeah, I think it was about 3.2 kilometres long by 970 metres wide. And then that's when we realised the scale as well and the efficiencies of labour, not just the water savings. And, um, yeah, from there on in, we bought another farm over at Boree Creek. There was 4,000 acres over there that popped up and I'd always travelled through that area going back to Albury to see friends because I went to school in Albury and I loved the look of the country through there. And Yeah, so in 07, we purchased another block of land over there and did similar to it. We knocked a lot of fences down and um, it wasn't as hard because there was no irrigation but put new laneways in and roads in there and to get grain out, so that was all cropping. But just to get those efficiencies of scale, I suppose, yeah, it's the main reason we did that. Yeah. Carla, what's your sort of reflection on that expansion and that improvement that was achieved? Yeah, well, I was sort of in the middle of babies 
then. So, but it was, um, yeah, Sam did it. Like he did a lot of lot of travel. Like we had three farms. We had Canago, Borey Creek and Collie Ambly. So there was 100 k's. What was a round trip was like nearly 400 k's. So Sam was never home. He was always in the car. Um, but he, he, I don't know how he did it. He just got on with it and got it done. He, he doesn't take no for an answer. So he's a bit of a risk taker. So it was like he he had something in his head and he was just going to do it no matter what. So, yeah. So I love doing it. That was probably the thing that helped me. So it didn't let me think how much wasted time I suppose there was in the vehicle and I could organise a lot from the road. A lot of phone calls were then. So once you got each property, you could still be working. And then... Um, yeah, the drought came along and the GFC came along and, yeah, so we put uh, Borey Creek property up for sale and uh, sold that and then we bought a neighbouring property back at home, which wasn't as easy as said, considering we were selling for uh, tough times. So uh, that took a bit of getting past the bank. So to get it past the bank was to sell Collie Ambly as well, the two farms up there, and then we had one operation Back in one spot, which is unbelievable. We don't realise how easy it is until you do it when we were so far spread out with the three properties. So I think it'd be one of our best decisions that we've ever made, but I just it wasn't that simple. It was a lot of persuading the bank to uh to go with us again. And not just that, like I think you got access around December and there was a winter crop in the ground in March, April. Um so there was three well, was there three? Three lateral irrigators. This was a traditional, like, sort of sheep farm with a bit of cropping. It was totally fences pulled out, dams filled in, woolsheds, cattle yards, yards, everything done and dusted, um, cha- new channels, drains, everything put in and three laterals put up in, I'm talking, like, four months, four or five months. Like, mm. it was a huge development at the time. And the surveyor at the time suggested that, why don't you do one a year? And I said, we can't afford to. We've borrowed this money and we've got to make it work. It has to be done. And, uh, yeah, we did it. Sam, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I think you don't find the written plan and getting things out of your head and onto paper necessarily all that easy. How did you do How do you do that sort of development Question. with it? all in your head. I mean, that's a huge logistical challenge to achieve that in four months. How do you do that? It is a hard thing. It's always been an issue with me. I know what's in my head, but getting it out to everyone else to know what's in there is is a bit difficult. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It wasn't just late nights, I suppose. It was just having, you know, very good people around. We found some good contractors that made life easier. Um, yeah, we were very lucky at the time. Just things fell into place like Getting, I suppose the passion that I have got in farming, the surveyor really wanted to work with us and make it work. And then the earth mover and the guy that we bought the irrigators off, like it was like, you can't do this, mate. I said, yeah, we are doing it. So then they just had the same drive. So it was like, we're going to get it done. And that's pretty much how it happened, I suppose. Amazing. And so we came to know you at Farm Owners Academy about five years ago. Um, I think you came along to top producers and started on our Platinum Mastermind program. Carla, how do you describe what life looked like for you then? Uh, so it was pretty hectic. Um, Sam was flat out. Um, I was only just starting in the business and treading water sort of thing, like trying to work out what I was doing. Um, we had a really good financial consultant in Bruce Simpson. So he was like my mentor and I'd make many, many phone calls to him to help me through. Um, but yeah, we just, I was, I we were on a, on a holiday. We were coming home on holidays and we were, I was looking for a podcast on farming for Sam to listen to in the car. Um, anyway, he had no, I found a profitable farmer, but he had no interest in listening. So I put my headphones in and listened pretty much to profitable farmers for two days in the car. And at the end, I'm like, we are going to this. So I just booked it on my phone and didn't even tell Sam. Because um, you know, still quite a few months away, um, and there's not much point in telling Sam much other than a few weeks out. So anyway, in the end, I said, "Oh, we're going away to top producers." Um, so like, oh, what's this? I said, "Oh, it's just you know, learn more about our business." Um, well, when we got there and we had um, Robbo up the front, Sam was just mesmerised by Robbo and his energy, and 
Sam's, we had the information about Platinum Mastermind. He's just like, we've got to join, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. So, um, yeah, lucky to be accepted into that. And yeah, at the time we were just running a rat race, really. Like Sam was just full busy. They, we probably didn't have enough team on farm. I was just learning how to do stuff in the business. We had three little kids. Um, yeah, life wasn't like life was good, but it wasn't great. We, you know, we just just going through the motions, I guess. Didn't have much of a family life. Like Sam didn't get to anything for the kids really. So yeah, no, not till farm owners, I suppose. It was very hectic. Yeah, we just made life just sort of fitted in, only just. Yeah, and how do you reflect on? Five years ago, Sam, the team, your the hours you worked, and I think to your point, Carla, I think you, know, you getting to kids' sporting events and those things were challenging, right? Oh, they were very. I didn't. <clears throat> I never made any of the events. I didn't. Uh, I didn't realise back then how important it is and how quickly kids grow up. Like it just is amazing how quick they grow up. So probably very lucky timing that we came across farm owners. And uh, got across there. So now that we do, I do spend a lot of time with the kids and catching up with them being at boarding school and getting to their sporting events. And I was at a sporting event last harvest and I remember one of the locals going, what are you doing in here? And I'm like, well, kids' basketball's on there. And she's like, it's harvest, isn't it? Yeah. And then I thought, I'm like, holy hell, I've come a long way. So Miller Harvest going to kids' sport was pretty amazing. And yeah, well done. So to jump forward, how do you describe your business today? Because it is fundamentally different from where it was five years ago. Sam, can I just ask you first, how do you describe the business you now run? Um, well, probably in the last 10 years, we've really pushed irrigation. So we're all irrigated cropping now. Um, we try and grow premium products. So we've got to utilise our water to best we can. So we battle to grow the same as everyone else because when everyone else has got it, it's not worth much. Whereas in the three years, we need a premium. So we've pushed pretty hard to get the markets that we have, the people that we sell to. Um, yeah, we just thrive on trying to get the best product we can for them. And it's, I think it's really helped us out. Um, we store all our own grain. We deliver our own grain. We've got our own trucks that do that. We've got three trucks. We did have four to scale back a little bit. Um, yeah, we just, uh, and then it just gives us, yeah, we've got a great team around us. So because we've got good direction, as in we know what we're growing every year, we don't change very much at all. Like we've got canola and durum wheat, and then we've got our corn, gritting corn and a bit of popcorn. Um, yeah, it just helps you make decisions, I suppose. So there's not that toing and froing of what you're doing with your cropping rotations. Um, I've probably gone off track a little bit there, Hutch, sorry. I'm just trying to... No, not at all. That's ideal, Sam. And Carla, how do you describe the business today? And I'm keen to hear to sort of describe your role in it now um, and how that's evolved as well. Yeah, so when I first joined in the business, I was just literally the bookkeeper, I guess you could say, um, and tended to like spend a lot of time doing that um, not really sure what I was doing a lot of the time, just, you know, sort of bumbling through. Um, had some good people around me, so finally got there. But I clearly remember a meeting we had with you, Hutchie Wogart, where um, I think we were uh, maybe 18 months into Farm Owners, Platinum Mastermind, and I remember you clearly saying to me, Carla, just act like a business owner. And from that point, like, I thank you so much for saying that to me because from that point, I'm getting tingly now, but, like, from that point, it was like, yeah, I, I didn't just marry a farmer. Like, I married into a business. And as much as I sometimes pushed up against that, like, why should I have to do this just because I married into it? You know, I might have other aspirations. But once I had that, I guess, you saying to me, just act like a business owner, and pretty much see what happens once you change your mindset around that. And things just flowed. And it was almost like I was in my genius zone running this business. Like I took on, you know, everything I could learn through farm owners. Like I've ticked every box to do all the learnings and taken it on board. And even when Sam was like, we're not doing that, I've just done it in my domain, like in the office where he may not know what I'm doing necessarily. But, you know, I've taken all those learnings on and this, like this office is run really professionally now. 
Whereas before it was just in the house, in the back corner, I got to it when I could, that sort of thing. So, but now it's a professional business. We have a bookkeeper. I have a VA um, and it, everything just gets done on time and when it needs to. Yeah. So from five years ago, it is a completely different office environment for us. Yeah. And then that flows on out to the team in the paddock as well. So um, I think the, my biggest win, I guess, would be the fact that I got an office outside the house. Yeah. Perhaps, yeah. And it's been it's been excellent. Like, and it's made a lot easier having, um, uh, like, Carla and I, you know, because Carla can ask the questions, I'm not at home. So when I get home, it's late at night. And it was very difficult. Um, last thing I want to talk about is work. Now we have... Um, Penny, our bookkeeper, which is just amazing because I don't know whether she's got a lot more tack or something, but she can get it out of me very easily. <laughs> so it works well. Like it, it is very professional, man. I distinctly remember that meeting in Wagga, guys, and one of the things we did was to build out your organisational chart for how you want the business to look when it's finished. Yeah. And I think it's such an important step to design the team that you need to have when you've got the business resourced at the level you needed it to. I distinctly remember that you were under-resourced. Yeah. Um, and one of the key things we did is we acknowledged that both of you were directors of the business and that one of you needed to be the CEO. And then we built out the team that needed to sort of support the business that the CEO needed to run. And yeah, I remember that moment in time too, Carla, where I just encouraged you to, to really back the skills that you bring to the business. Um, and to see yourself as a director of the business. Yep. And as you say, I sort of think that so many things changed from that point, and it's a credit to you for the leadership role you've played as the business has grown. Yeah, no, it was... We've taken so much ownership in it now. Yeah, though. we have, yeah. absolutely. It's not, just a, it's not just a farm we're running, we're actually running a business. Yeah. And so tell me about the broader team, because you were under-resourced then, and um, one of the challenges I think you've had, like so many have, is building out a team that you can depend on and trust. And Sam, I remember you finding it really hard to be able to trust and depend on the team that you had. How do you describe the team, Carla, that you've got now? So that org chart that we did with you um, is now fully in fruition. Like all those boxes we had with no name on them, they so, now have a name on them. That we never thought we'd have to fill. We thought, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, but, yeah, now that process of put it on paper and it will come, it's happened. So uh, we have had our ops manager, Luke, here for nearly 12 months, and that's been a game changer. Um, it's taken us, you know, we've had a few hit and misses there. You know, we, we've tried ops managers in the past and it hasn't, they may have not the right fit for us or we weren't in the right mindset to have those people on farm. Um, but now, um, yeah, things are moving along really oh, well. 100%. Like yeah. just... Taking a lot of load off me by organising either contractors or our other team members, it's just been amazing. Like, and he's got he's got very good organisational skills, so it's something that I don't thrive in. So Luke does an unreal job there, and um, yeah, he's taken it on. Well, he's he's had a lot of experience in it too, which has been great. And then we've got um, another two team members as well on the farm and then another two full-time team members in the trucks. So, yeah, it keeps us busy enough. We get casuals in at harvest time and and planting time because when we're harvesting, we are also planting because we're summer winter crop. So we need extra staff then and contractors. So we get a contract room with another two headers to help us out. Um, yeah, just to... Uh, yeah, so when we're harvesting our winter crop, we are planting our summer crop. And when we're ha harvesting our summer crop, we are planting our winter crop and irrigating all in the same time. So mm -hmm. keeps us busy. But across across 2,400 hectares. So as you say, with three trucks running, just the logistics that you, know, you have to navigate um, is just so significant. It's amazing what you achieved. Thanks much. But I just I could also remember quite a few meetings that the FO team have had with Sam at the end of deep dives, trying to convince him that the operations manager will change the game. 
Um, and when we finally got there, it has changed the game. So um, the FA team support and encouragement around that in particular has, yeah, been a game changer. Sam, yeah. um, I wouldn't mind exploring that. How, how has your mindset changed um, then till now um, in order for you to be able to let go of so many things and, and back yourself to build out that team? Um, <clears throat> uh, it came about from, uh, yeah, probably been, it got very busy in the business and needed a break a few years ago. Um, so I'm very wary of not getting that busy again. And, uh, yeah, you become very inefficient when you're that busy. So now when we are extremely busy, I can still see, um, that I do need to get away and just let people do what they do because they're bloody good at it. Like that's why we've got them. So, but the busier you get, I have noticed it's so easy to fall back into your old habits of, uh, you know, whether it's taking control or trying to do all the jobs when you don't need to because they are, they're all very capable of doing it. But it's just old habits don't die easy. So, but now I've got, uh, I just know when it, when it's happening, I'm very lucky to see it happening, I suppose. So it's just a slow learning. It's a credit to you. Carla, how have you seen Sam change over the last three or four years? Oh, especially the last three years, like massively. Like he was uh, running around, like the farm was the most important thing in his life. Um, running around, that was the only thing he could do. Um, and now he's more family orientated. He's spending more time with the kids, with me. Um, it's just changed our lives for the better, absolutely, yeah. And likewise, Sam, how what contribution do you see that Carla now has or has had on the business over the last three or four years? Uh, well, it definitely wouldn't be where it is now, like no way known. She's just got hold of all the, um, all the office side of it and has made it very professional in there's just, we're getting there, we're still getting there with our systems. We've still got a lot of systems doing the farming side, but in the office side, Carla's got a lot of systems in place, which makes it easy uh, for the girls to talk to us or communicate with us out in the field when they're trying to chase information off us on the farm or out of the trucks. But, yeah, it's just that professional side of it that she's brought to the business and it's just growing and growing. And, yeah, whenever you're talking to people at the other end with grain contracts and everything, they're like, bang, yeah, no, it's all here, Carl's already sent all through and, yeah, so it's very, it's it looks professional too, so as well as feeling it. Carla, how do you describe what you have put in place to underpin the professionalism of the office and the business? Would you mind just, I mean, we talked about the org chart, but what are some of the other sort of significant improvements or changes that you've made over time? Uh, I think the, the biggest improvement has been getting a bookkeeper outside the business um penny's been amazing um we actually started we got penny when we took three months off um from the business so we, we needed her then um but she has just taken like the trucks to be honest the trucks are just my bugbear like i always i just had this mindset that i didn't like trucks so penny's taken on the trucks and she just deals with sam and the trucks so that's Great, because that's taken a whole load off my shoulder. It's something I never wanted to do. Um, so I've actually got rid of all the jobs that didn't fulfil me, um, which has been a game changer. So now I do the stuff I want to do. I have a lot of time with my kids, which I want to do at this time in their lives. Um, and, yeah, I was I was the person that wouldn't like to let go of control either. Like I like to do it the way I like it done. Um, but, you know, working um, with Farm Homes Academy, um, and Esther, like we've managed to get it, I've got, got a VA now and it's a game changer. Like everything just gets done and everything's systemised. I just do some video recordings. My VA then turns it into a system. Um, so now like if something happens to me or I don't want to be here in the business anymore, people can come in and still run this business. So, uh, Just for our listeners, do you mind describing what a VA is? Yes, so a VA is a virtual assistant. So it is, um, I have a lovely girl, Lorraine, who lives in the Philippines. 
Um, so she's an ad- admin assistant, but she works remotely from the Philippines. So we do regular Zoom calls. Um, we use Google Drive uh, and everything is recorded um, and systemized. We use Asana, the task manager. Um, so I will put a task in Asana with instructions and a video of what to do, and then Lorraine will just go off and do it. So she does 15 hours a week for me, um, and, yeah, she's absolutely amazing. It's incredible just to hear where you've arrived to, Carla and Sam, and so much to be amazingly proud of, to think that you've built out that team that we designed on those bits of paper and all of the systems and infrastructure that support that to give you both the time and space that you need for family and for running you know, a significant business. Sam, can I look back? You took on the farm or you arrived back to the farm when you were 17. And I think with massive drive and a huge passion for agriculture and an incredible work ethic, you um, I'm just keen for you to explain how succession played out for you and you know how those first few years post-succession sort of looked like for you in that leadership role? Yeah, I think I was lucky hut with my parents uh, giving me the support that they did in um, as what I thought was good for the farming business. They would let me pursue that. Um, We did have, we still do have a good financial advisor that a lot of stuff went through. But, yeah, if I want to try something different. But, yeah, mum and dad supported me greatly from the age of 17 and probably more so once I hit about 21, 22 that I was pretty well running the farm um, to what I want, what we wanted to grow or what I thought we could make money out of. Um, yeah, which was unreal. Like, but you get tied up because you're so driven that you just want to keep going and succeeding, try and buy another farm. Um. Yeah. So I don't. I don't ever put that against mum and dad. Like I was so lucky to get that privilege of being able to do what I did at such a young age. But at you know twenty, twenty three or four or five years later, you probably get driven into a yeah. I didn't get a break, and um, yeah, just from pushing pushing so hard. I suppose Hutch. It was yeah. Yeah, so succession played out early for you, but if we reflect on that, you went home when you were 17, massive work ethic, didn't take holidays probably. And, Carla, you mentioned that Sam sort of was perhaps not seeing the kids grow up and you know, was so busy that family wasn't getting a feature. Sam, 25 years later, um, I think like so many, you know, we're all human. I, I sort of have been through burnout twice and, um, you know, I had to step back um i feel like you arrived to somewhere there mate and um that was the catalyst for you to make a, a major decision in 21 i reckon just got to a stage where you just needed a break like it just yeah you just felt like you couldn't work like you used to so we just we pulled the pin and um for three months and we didn't put a winter crop in the ground and we went around australia with the kids in the middle of COVID, I don't know how we still did it, but we got uh, we went straight to the territory pretty well, and then spent a couple of months in Western Australia, up in the Kimberleys and the Pilbara, and uh, it was a bit, it was life changing really, just to get away with the kids and spend time with them. It was it was probably hard at first because I'd never spent so much time with the kids, so uh, yeah, having them around all the time, and we didn't have work to go and do, so we just travelled and camped and travelled a bit more and camped and. Swarming. Yeah. No, it was it was it was great to get away and do all that. And then um yeah, we came back to the farm and yeah, you're pretty fresh, aren't you? So you just gotta be careful what you do. <laughs> so I got back to the farm and we we got back in mid September because we wanted to put a fairly large summer crop in the ground. So uh yeah, we started planning putting our fertilizer in the ground and planting all our summer crop first of October and yeah, we hit the ground running again and still am running now sort of two, three years later. But it was an amazing journey, I suppose, so lucky to get away from the farm, be privileged to get away and still have the farm running while we were away and the trucks were still running. They pretty well ran themselves. We had some pretty good contracts that they just worked on. 
but yeah, it's it's made me look back all the time now that you just don't have to be here. Like if you need a break, you just get away. How's your perspective changed around that, Sam? Like what are your priorities now compared to how you reflect that they were? Um, well, you just didn't think in the busy times that it was possible to get away because it's just, you know, it's busy. You have to be there to, to run it and oversee it and be in the middle of it all. But, no, it, it's it's nearly to the other way around. Like if you can sit back and let the guys do what they got to do, it, it you become more efficient with your time so you can see other things that need doing. And Yeah, and it just... Don't worry, Hutch, I still do get bogged down. I do get very busy every now and again, but I do see now that I've, I know when to pull back and, yeah, step back. And I, I shouldn't say I know. I, I try to catch it most of the time. Yeah, well done. Thanks, Sam, for sharing. Carla, how do you reflect on um, where you as a family unit perhaps arrived to and, and that bold decision not to put in a winter crop and then the family holiday that transpired? Yeah, it was definitely life-changing. Um, the kids definitely got closer to Sam. Um, you know, the first few weeks were tough. Like Sam wasn't used to having the kids around, so all of us in a small space um, in those first few weeks was pretty tough. But, yeah, we, we found our groove. Um, you know, there, obviously there were moments on the trip where we all could have separated for a bit, we all needed a break, but that's, you know, yeah, look, it's Sam, you could just see Sam relaxing, like, which I've never really seen him do before. So, um, and the phone just didn't ring. Like, Sam's usually attached to his phone, so the phone didn't ring. So um, that was uh, amazing um, just for him to be in the moment with the kids and my, myself, um, which he had never done before. So um, definitely, yeah. Like six or us. seven days without phone service. It was just, yeah, yeah, it was strange feeling. Unheard of for Sam. So, um, but yeah, brought brought us all closer together. Um, and the kids now, all they want to do is camp and go in caravan and um, be out there in nature and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely changed our family life. Like we've been on a few caravanning trips since then, um, and and have been planning a few more. But we are now going to Canada next year as a family. So we've got a month. A month off farm um, next year in Canada, which we never, I would never thought would happen either. So, um, yeah, definitely life changing for us and our family. It's amazing to see where you've arrived to. I think, if you don't mind me saying, I think four years ago, I just don't feel like you were on the same page. I think, Sam, you were working so hard and focusing so much on the farm. And I think, Carlo, I don't feel like you felt like you were a part of the business and, and, um, that you, I just don't feel like you had a clear plan, um, didn't know what team you needed, probably didn't just sort of feel like you had control of the business. But to see where you've arrived to now, to see that you're on the same page, that you build out that team, that you've brought in the professional disciplines that you have, Sam, that you're willing to let go and sort of back your team and coach and support them in the way that you do, I, it's just a significant turnaround. And the fact now that you do have a business that can work for you so that you can get away even in busy times and make family the priority, it's just such an incredible story. Um, I know, Sam, you probably feel like there's still more to do with systems and on the farm, but I just sort of want to take this moment to acknowledge just the change that you've made and the significant growth that you've both achieved. So, Carla, how do you reflect on your Platinum Mastermind journey and how the community at Farm Owners Academy and the coaching team have supported your journey. Your success is so significant. Um, how do you reflect on what you've got from the community and your journey with FOA? Good question, Hutch. So um, I guess when we first started Platinum Mastermind, I was very reactive um, in the business um, and just putting out little fires as I went, I guess. Um, but doing like following the steps in the Platinum Mastermind program, you know, doing the planning, the cap, putting systems in place, doing the farm financial framework training, um, even just, you know, as simple as writing your desire statement um, and then reflect. Like I look back at my desire statement that I wrote, I think it was either at the top producers or the first deep dive and everything on that desire statement is being ticked off five years later. Like it's just... It's so hard to explain the shift in my mindset from then. Like I remember walking into my first deep dive and I was almost shitting myself. Like 
everyone's looking at me, I don't even belong here, you know, these people are so much better than me, you know, all that sort of stuff going through my head. Um, and now I have people coming up to me going, oh, can you help me with this? And, oh, you know all about this. Can, and it's like, wow, like that community feeling that you are helping others that were in, you know, in your boat where, where I was five years ago, um, it's just, yeah, it, it, it's really humbling actually to um yeah to see that and to ha- ha- actually have people come up to you and say oh you know thank you so much for your input you've you've allowed me to do this or you've allowed me to do that so um and that's just happened in a changing mindset like um and knowing sort of who I am and owning who I am um you know I, I think Tracy's Soul Please a program for that um mainly because yeah I've worked through that with her um yeah, so, yeah, I guess. So, Carla, how do you feel now that you get to contribute back to others going through the process of um, early days in the program? Yeah, I um, I see, like, a lot of myself in the people that are just coming into the Platinum Mastermind program, um, especially the ones that feel like they have to tick it all off, like, straight away now, like there's a race to the end. Um, but, you know, like, I, I didn't do every single bit of learning that was there, but... Um, yeah, I was one of those people that wanted to tick it all off quickly. But, yeah, I think now um, it's just humbling to know that I can help those people like I was helped when I first joined in. Um, you know, there was a lot of people in those early days that supported us, um, especially, you know, when we made a decision to pack up and take the kids around Australia. There was a lot of people in that community. Um, and without that community, we wouldn't have got through that time as well. Um, yeah, so it's really nice just to give back um, and, and help people that might be in a similar situation and just say that it will be okay, everything's going to be okay, um, just, you know, give yourself a bit of a break. Um, but also, Hutch, I just want to touch on, like, the friends that we have made through farm owners. Like, I just don't have friends like that anywhere else. Um, I'm getting quite teary about it because they're really special to us. Um and yeah, they'll be, they are such a great support and they just understand us so well now. Um, like we do our own thing here on our farm. We don't really listen to what's going on in our area and district. And it's so nice to have a community that understands what you're doing and where you're going and supports you 100%. I think, Carla, it speaks to the power of a mastermind. I think so often we feel like we're going it alone and we're, you know, running our own race, but to be surrounded by so many people that you can depend on and trust and then to have the opportunity like you do just so incredibly to give back and help others, um, it really speaks to the power of a mastermind, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Like our mastermind group is amazing. We are all great friends and we support each other. You know, we've there's been some tough times in our mastermind group yeah. um, and, you know, everyone's everyone's had a time and yeah, we've all been there to support them. And without without that support, some people may not have got through. Um, mm. So yeah, um, it's been yeah absolutely amazing. Sam, how do you reflect on the community and the friendships that you've formed and the way in which FOA and the coaching teams turned up and supported you? Yeah, no, it, it is like Carla's saying. It's a very strong thing. Our just our mastermind group to start with. And it's not so much the business side of things, it's just the personal side that just pushes you that little bit more or any help. And and then getting back to the FOA greater community, um, the friends that we've got out of that, that we all keep in touch, we've got WhatsApp groups, we've got messenger groups. You know, there's probably 10 or 15 of us that keep in touch very regularly. And it's just a check-in. Like we mightn't, mightn't talk, but it'll be just a quick text or a message, but then sometimes it can be a two-hour chat. And, and it's... Yeah, it's not just the business side of things. It's more the, you know, how's everyone going and don't get too busy, don't get too bogged down. And uh, just that reassuring phone call, just checking in on everyone. And, and then there is the, you know, you're looking at buying a new farm or a new tractor or a new header or looking at selling something. You've got the people that, like so many people we can ring and call on. And it, it works well. It's just, uh, I don't know what it is. It's a very open-minded community. Thanks, Sam. So post-taking three months holiday, you then had to navigate a flood 
period, which no doubt was challenging. But from where we sit, you just handled that with so much strength and so much resilience. Um, how did the community support you, Carla, through that time? Oh, yeah, like we were 100% supported by the community. Um, you know, lots and lots of check-ins, phone calls, messages, um, you know, coaches calling to make sure we're okay. Um, yeah, and look, we wouldn't have got through those floods in the mindset we had five years ago. Absolutely no, no. way. Like the floods aren't even, like I don't even rate them as a stressful period in our life to tell you that. Like we've, there's been so much more stress happen and like Five years ago, if that had have happened to us, we would have been at total rock bottom and may not have even been able to climb out very easily. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, we were just like, it's a, it's happened. Um, you know, it's nothing. We can't, we can't do anything about it. So we're just going to move forward um, and focus on where we're going. So well, I took yeah. off. Yes. I took off in a truck. I'm, I was sick of the negativity around all yeah. the floods. The media just blew it out of proportion. Yeah, it was a bloody big flood. We couldn't do anything about it. We weren't going to die. So I just, yeah, got in truck and went to Queensland. And, um, yeah, went to Brisbane, did a bit of work up there and came back. And, yeah, which I would never have done five years ago, I suppose, at Sissy Community. It's taught me to not get bogged down, I suppose, in all the negativity. And you can only do what you can do. And it was out of our control, the floods. Yeah, amazing to see the way in which you navigated that and have bounced back. And since then... I think you're in the process of buying more country. Um, how does the future look now, given the foundations that you've set, the professionalism that supports your business, the team that you've assembled, you know, the leverage and the focus that you now have, the strategic plan that you've got in place, the level of control you feel, how does the future look? Carla, can I sort of ask you to speak to, to your next sort of five and 10 years first, perhaps? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the future looks great for us. Um, you know, we're running a profitable business. Um, you know, even despite floods and taking three months holiday. Um, so yeah, like it's looking really good. Uh, you know, our vision is to create a profitable business and lifestyle that's attractive um, to us and our, and the next generation, our three kids. You know, we've got a fifteen year old, thirteen year old, and eleven who are all very keen on farming. Um, so we would love for them to be involved. So. We also want to have a flexible business model for the next generation so they can choose how they want to be involved. If they don't want to actually work here, they may be directors on the board or um, if they choose to work here, they can. So these are all the things we'll be working towards over the next few years. Um, we've got the, you know, this office operations systemized. We're working on the farm stuff. Um, and then we want, you know, our retirement plan and succession plan to come to fruition so that all our relationships are intact. There's no bust-ups. Um, you know, our kids are happy to be here or not be here. They're happy with what, you know, where it's going. So, um, yeah, the new farm just allows us to be a little bit bigger, to be more sustainable for, you know, if there's if there happens to be three children here one day. Thanks, Carla. Sam, how does the future look for you? Yeah, no, I'm very positive about the future and, I suppose something we haven't added on, we we in the last seven or eight years have grown the infrastructure on our business in our farming game and we put a lot of on-farm storage on so um, we can nearly store all of our grain on-farm and we'll keep adding to that. So as much as we've had some good seasons, we've had some floods, but we're very wary that droughts are only around the corner. But I feel very confident going into the future, like we've set the business up to store our grain through for 12 or 18 months' time, uh, just to ride the highs on those out. And, um, yeah, we we will keep growing the farm slowly, like we, I think it was seven or eight years from when we made our last, nine years from when we made our last farm purchase. So we'd been sitting still for a long time in farm purchases, but we had capitalised on our farm that we got, like we put in nearly 12,000 tonnes of grain storage, kept building, like, um, machinery sheds or hay sheds and yeah we just so I feel very strong going into the future and the kids our kids um, yeah I feel that they're going to have a great opportunity if they wish to which they seem to be all pretty keen on. Awesome thank you Carla just in finishing two questions for you and I'll ask them of Sam as well what are you most proud of about your last five years and the journey that you've been on? Um, I think 
I'd be most proud of how we can now work a lot better together because we were butting heads there a lot. So that would be number one. Uh, and the second one is just how far I've come in my own mindset. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I can see more positive now, like things are happening for me, not to me now. So um, it has definitely changed, um, yeah, how I live my life, that's for sure. And Carla, what would you say to a younger you? Go easy on yourself. Stop trying to control every situation. Um, and whatever you desire will come to you. Perfect. Thank you, Carla. Sam, same questions, mate. What are you most proud of about your career and your journey, especially recently? Um, just how uh, like the team that we've got around us, like I would never have dreamt of this four or five years ago. It's just, yeah, it's very professional. The farm looks very professional. It's neat and tidy. Yeah, I just, harvest time was bloody amazing, actually. I, yeah, it just keeps running and yeah, I was probably doing what we all say we shouldn't be doing. I was actually out on the head of it. I was enjoying it because everyone was organised. They knew what they were doing. And that's mainly to our our ops manager. Like he just, yeah, gets everything happening and yeah, he does a great job and that's where I just sit back and, yeah, that's no, been great. Well done, mate. And um, same question, what would you say to a younger you? Uh what I got told a lot, Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> Just slow down and, yeah, try and make some smart decisions along the way. And just, well, not smart, just you got to make mistakes to learn. But, um, yeah, just, yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day is probably the biggest thing I can say. Spot on. Well, to you both, I hope we've done your story some justice. Um I think we've been a bit understated in this conversation. You know, where you were and where you've arrived to, there's just so much significant growth in you both, but just for your business, for your team, um, and the adventure that you've had as a family is just such a credit, the bold decisions you've made to make that your priority and and the changes that we've seen um, that create for you. Um, yeah, on behalf of the Farm Owner Academy team, congratulations on all you've achieved and thanks for being such incredible members of our community. Oh, thank you, Hutch, and thanks to the amazing team. Like our coach, Cheryl, um, and her husband, Tim, were right there in the beginning, right behind us, almost marriage counselling, I think, at the start. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been an amazing journey and the FOA team is just so supportive and encouraging. It's yeah, it's very humbling to be part of it. Yes, and I want to back that up too. Cheryl and Tim have been absolutely amazing along this journey with FOA, like the whole FOA community. But yeah, Cheryl and Tim went there. The extra efforts at the start was unbelievable. Thanks, Sam. Well said. And thank you both for your openness and for sharing your story. Very, very much appreciated. Thanks for having us such. Thanks for having us such. And there you have it, an amazing summary of a farming family where, you know, so often, like so many of us, we start consumed by a significant project, um, reactive to it, stuck in it, doing the work of it and missing out on so much perhaps in terms of our relationships, you know, being there and supporting our children and doing the things that are really important in life over and above our farm. At Farm Owners Academy, we deeply believe that our businesses should work for us, not us for them. And Sam and Carla, you just make such a great example of how to transition from being stuck in your business to being the directors and leaders of it, how to systemize and then build out a team so that you do have the professionalism and the leverage that you need. And um, Carla, I just want to shout out to you in particular, if I can, that your decision to start really bringing your business skill set and your mindset to the leadership of your project with Sam um, made a massive change. And Sam, equally, your choice to just step away and make family your priority and then allow yourself to the opportunity with Carla to build out 
your team and to let go of responsibility that you held on to for so long. I know Tim and Cheryl and Tracy and Greg and Sam and our whole team are just so delighted to have supported you on your journey, but we are just so proud of where you've both arrived to. And um, finally, and once again, thank you so much, Carla and Sam, for the support that you extend to other members of our community, um, publicly at our conferences, but often so quietly in the background, just offering support along the way to people sort of on a similar journey. Thank you. And to all of you once again, congratulations on 2023. All the best for a prosperous and fun-filled family Christmas and festive season. And we'll look forward to seeing you again early in 2024. Thank you. Take care and bye for now. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Profitable Farmer podcast by Farm Owners Academy. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a long-time listener, let your friends know about us or come continue the conversation in the Profitable Farmer Facebook group. All the best as you grow your business and create your freedom farm. Until next time, keep being incredible.